Hello and welcome back to the Pre-Raphaelite Society podcast. I'm Hannah and I'm the host today and I'm here at Whitit Manor. We're actually recording it here in one of the visitor bedrooms, the Honeysuckle Room. And I'm here with Helen Bratwhiten, who is the Senior House and Collections Manager here at Whittock. Um, she's formerly my boss. She's been a friend for over 10 years now. Um, so hello, Helen. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. So Helen, if you could tell us a bit about your background, how you came to be at Whittock and yeah, anything. Uh, so I've been here since the late 90s. So quite a while. I started here as a volunteer when I was a mature student at Wolverhampton University doing a history degree, uh, specialising in late Victorian history. And I came to volunteer here because this is kind of what I'd always wanted to do. And then when I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a job here as what is now a collections assistant. We were called housekeeping assistants then. And then I became a house steward, then senior house steward, then house and collections manager, and then now my senior collections and house manager role. So I've kind of worked my way up in the property. But, you know, something we've said over the years, isn't it? Once you've kind of been taken in by Wittick, you don't really want to go anywhere else. (laughs) And Helen, for anybody that doesn't know, could you tell us a bit about Wittick Manor, the history, where we are today? So Whittick Manor was built in 1887, or started in 1887, by Theodore and Flora Manda. Uh, the Mandas were local industrialists. Uh, many of you from the uh, local area will know the Manda Centre in Wolverhampton, the shopping centre. That was built on the site of their original factory. And um, the Mandas were painting varnish manufacturers. But they had quite an interest in art and design. So in 1884, Theodore went to a lecture in Wolverhampton given by Oscar Wilde on the House Beautiful. And Oscar Wilde had taken a lot of his inspiration from Morris, very much the idea of do not have anything in your house that you do not know to be useful and beautiful. And Theodore took his notebook, wrote loads of notes, and the house is really furnished and decorated under the influence of that House Beautiful lecture. So it's not an arts and crafts house, it's slightly too early. It's an aesthetic house. If you've been to the House Beautiful lecture, there were two kind of shops of choice. You either went to Liberty on Regent Street mm-hmm. or Morris and Co on Oxford Street. And we know our family went to both of those shops. Um, a lot of the Liberty items in the collection are no longer with us because we think they brought a lot of curtaining textiles, mm-hmm. uh, but they did buy some fire surrounds and some freezes and things from Liberty that we still do have here. But they did really serious shopping at Morrison Co. So William Morris never came here. He had nothing to do with the house. Mm-hmm. The family literally went to his shop and went shopping. Mm-hmm. So we have textiles, we have wallpapers, we have light fittings, tiles that were all brought through the Morris Company. So they did quite serious shopping, but they tended to buy from the mid and the low ranges. Because mm-hmm. even though the Mandas were very well off, mm-hmm. they were not kind of like Russian oligarch type wealth. You know, they were just a well off middle class family. Mm-hmm. So they tended, I say, to buy from the mid and the low ranges. A lot of the more expensive items that we have in our collection that would have been brought from Morris and Co were brought in the second phase of collecting. So after Theodore and Flora died, their son Geoffrey inherited. He and his first wife lived here and had a family. 
Um, but then unfortunately there was a divorce. He remarried and it's he and his second wife from the late 1930s onwards after the gift of the house to the National Trust that really started the pre-Raphaelite art collection that we have here. So there was no pre-Raphaelite art here pre the gift to the trust in 1937. First picture they brought was a um, Rossetti oil that was finished by Ford Maddox Brown. And it's through the purchase of that oil that they got to know the, some of the descendants of the pre-Raphaelites. So they got to know Mrs. Angeli, who was a Rossetti descendant. She was a descendant of William Michael um, Rossetti and Lucy Maddox Brown. And they got to know her. They became very friendly with uh, Mrs. Angeli. And that's, that's kind of how our collection developed. Mm -hmm. That at this time in the 1930s, there was lots of pre-Raphaelite art about. Nobody was interested in it. Mm -hmm. It was considered of little artistic merit and very little financial worth. Mm -hmm. But the Manders, their collecting policy, although it was never really that kind of written down, it became, they liked buying things with connections to people. So although, like I say, there was loads of this art about, they could have gone and brought loads of big oils for very reasonable prices. That's mm -hmm. not what interested them. They liked things that had connections to people, mm -hmm. to bi biographical connections. Yeah. So things that have stories attached to them, which is amazing for us now that we now have all these wonderful items that have the most amazing stories attached to them, whether it's the people that were in the paintings or drawings, whether it's the person that brought them, whether it's the artist of, at the time. There were always these really deep and interesting biographical connections. And can you tell us a bit about the room we're in today, for people listening and watching, about a bit of the collection that we have in here that they can see? So we're in the honeysuckle bedroom. So it's a William Morris textile on the wall, uh, which now Morris and Cove called tulip and honeysuckle. It was just called honeysuckle at the time, which is different to the May Morris designed honeysuckle wallpaper. So it's a very different design to that. But beautiful textile, so it's a, a, a linen mix and really lovely. And the colours, because this room is north facing, the colours have kept really true. So it's mm -hmm. a beautiful, rich coloured room. Um, behind us, we have a beautiful Godwin sideboard. Um, quite unusual in that normally the Godwin sideboard has a top half to it, mm -hmm. um, but this one hasn't. And it really kind of shows that aesthetic influence in the house. Mm, it's very kind of Japanese in influence. Mm -hmm. And then you can also see behind us, we've got some beautiful Simeon Solomon, um, some drawings, some pastels and some watercolours. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to ask you a bit about the art collection specifically. Um, tell us a bit more about that. And also, do you, I know it's so difficult. Do you have any favourites? I love the Siddles, but there is so many beautiful drawings, watercolours, oil paintings. Are there any that you particularly love? We'll talk a bit more about the collection. Yes. What, what would I like <laughs> to take home? Um, well, in this room, we've got some couple of really lovely pieces that I do like. Just behind me here, uh, we've got Evelyn de Morgan's Clyde with Sunflowers. And it's one of my favourites. I do mm. love this watercolour. Um, and what's quite interesting is it's the preparatory study for an oil. Mm -hmm. So there is a finished oil in this, but we've got this beautiful watercolour, which I just love. And unusually as well, 
one of the things that's quite interesting about how the Manda's collected is they collected lots of works by female artists, mm. which is very unusual. And as, as you know, Hannah, we have this mm. amazing collection mm. here of work by female pre-Raphaelite artists, which mm. is, you know, we actually have more finished works on display by female artists than the National Gallery does. It's amazing. So unique. Yeah. And Witta kind of also has a really, I'm saying brilliant, even though I was involved in it, so I'm very biased, but um, exhibitions that go on here. So you can tell yeah. us a bit about them and what's happening at the moment. Yeah. So we have a small exhibition programme here. Um, so one of the bedrooms, the Daisy bedroom, we've given over to doing small exhibitions. So you curated an exhibition mm -hmm. on Lizzie Siddle for us, mm -hmm. and it was only the second solo exhibition of her work ever. Mm -hmm. And we have the second largest collection of her work in the world here, which again is quite a remarkable feat. <laughs> yeah. And something that the Manders collected quite early on in their collecting. So mm -hmm. they collected the Siddles, most of the Siddles in about 1962 which you know was quite early in mm. their collecting so shows that you know even quite early on mm. they were interested in work in artists that weren't kind of getting a lot of attention mm -hmm. and then after your exhibition I curated an exhibition on a um, what had been a loan collection into us of very early Rosettis called the Monroe mm -hmm. Portfolios um, so they were a collection of drawings collected by the sculptor Alexander Munro, who went to the Royal Academy with Rossetti. And uh, he collected these um, drawings of Rossetti, of which we have 52, um, which were all drawn between um, the ages of 16 and 18. So Rossetti, you know, it was literally while he was a student. Mm. So um, very unusual to have so many works of art by an artist at that young an age. Mm. And they just come to us under the acceptance in loose scheme. So um, Mrs. McDonald, uh, Alexander Munro's descendants have passed away and the collection came to us under the acceptance in loose scheme. Mm -hmm. So we felt it was really important to show them because a lot of them had never been on public display. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did a small exhibition of them and we actually had 32 on display for the Amazing. first time ever. It's a beautiful exhibition, Helen. And it was really exciting. It was really exciting to kind of see, as a young artist, what was interesting here, mm. what, you know, and how things that were happening around him, so contemporary music, literature, how that was informing his work. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, there's such an amazing collection here. Lots of pieces are often on loan to the VNA mm -hmm. or the Tate or other places. Um, and you also have, um, you work really closely with the De Morgan Foundation. I wonder if you just briefly talk yes, about so, that. So um, we've got a loan collection into us. So we converted mm -hmm. um, the Malthouse into a proper a, a permanent gallery space. Mm -hmm. And we have a agreement, a partnership agreement with the De Morgan Foundation, which is amazing and is working so well. It's wonderful working with an organisation that have very similar aims and objectives to us. Mm -hmm. And so we've got this loan collection into um, to us and it's art of Evelyn De Morgan and ceramics by William De Morgan. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why it works so well is that um, Wilhelmina Sterling, Evelyn's younger sister, who collected the De Morgan Foundation collection, she was collecting at the same time as the Manders, mm -hmm. and they were friends, they knew each other. 
And so you've got this extra layer of connection that it's not just a random loan collection we've just got here. Mm -hmm. You know, that there is this real connection with the Manders. Mm -hmm. And uh, we obviously have our own, Clyde behind me, uh, we have our own Evelyn's, we have our Mm -hmm. own William de Morgan Ceramics. So Mm -hmm. it fits in really well. Yeah. And then we have a changing programme every couple of years of work. So it's not over the period of... um, having the De Morgan Foundation with us, it won't always be the same items. And you again curated the second <laughs> exhibition mm-hmm. for us in the, the gallery, which is really nice. And it's looking at the preparatory works particularly, mm-hmm. which again was things that the Manders were interested in and links the two collections together. Yeah, and I love as well, so we've managed to put on display in there a sketchbook by Evelyn De Morgan, because I know you have some beautiful mm-hmm. sketchbooks here as well, which is so lovely to be able to have those as well of Byrne Jones and even to Morgan and others. Um, I also wanted to ask, so what is coming up? What's going on at the moment? What what will people be dying to see soon? Right, so we're going to be reopening um, a garden exhibition in the Daisy Rooms. That's going to be our exhibition for this year. It had reopened in, it had opened in 2020. It had been open three days before the first lockdown. And uh, then obviously it's been shut for the last two years. Mm -hmm. So we're going to show that this year. And hopefully that will be opening in the next few weeks. Keep an eye on our Facebook and web pages. I've just got to do a few tweaks in there. And uh, so that's going to be our exhibition for this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Next year, the exhibition in there is going to be looking at how we look after the collection. So about different conservation projects that we have going on and how that kind of works. And we're Mm -hmm. also hopefully this year um, going to be doing a big... um, program on site we have this amazing uh, photographic collection which we haven't got inventory or at the moment mm-hmm. so we're going to do a digitization project project linked to that mm-hmm. and we're going to be talking about that in the exhibition next year because we have these amazing photographs um, and a lot of photographs really unusually of the domestic servants that lived in the house, mm. which is incredibly unusual, you know, mm. that they basically use them as models and they have photos with them and things like that. Um, so it's going to be fascinating finding out more about those mm. and those will kind of become part of that exhibition to showcase what we do yeah that's quite often hidden in the background and people don't see Mm. um, and really bringing that to the fore so that's going to be the exhibition for next Mm. year that's so exciting I love as well I've just had a walk around while I've been here at Whittick there's a really great touchscreen downstairs for access if you can't get to see these beautiful bedrooms upstairs you can still um, see them in the space which is just wonderful and I also wanted to ask you um, so you mentioned to me beforehand that um, you are things are going on loan again quite soon and that you are working with the Tate yes. Britain. So um, Tate Britain are doing an exhibition next year on the Rossettis, all of them. Um, so that's really quite exciting. Mm. And what's quite interesting and what's wonderful for, for us mm. is that they came up to see the two exhibitions that we did on Lucy Siddle and Rossetti, and that's actually informed a lot of their thinking, which is very exciting. Yeah. And um, they want to loan quite a number of items from us. So at the moment, we're going through that loans process to see if we can loan that number mm. of items to to them. So that's going to be a really exciting exhibition. It will also be traveling to Delaware in the US as well. Mm-hmm. And as all of you listeners are aware, I'm sure you know Delaware is has the largest paraphyte art collection outside the UK. So it's a really significant collection. 
So the exhibition will be traveling to the US as well. But it's going to be a huge blockbuster exhibition. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to steal the tapes thunder <laughs> and they'll probably shoot me. Uh, but it's going to be really, it's going to be a huge exhibition mm. that they're going to put on next year. So it's really exciting. Mm. It's so wonderful. Every time I come back to it, there's more things to see and projects you're working on. So it's really fascinating to be here. Um, and just to plug as well and mention, the house is open, is it seven days a week? Yes, yeah, so we're back to full opening now. So the house mm -hmm. is back open seven days a week. You don't need to pre-book, so you can just rock up. Um, so we've still got limited opening upstairs, but we are slowly opening and opening more. So we've got three of the guest bedrooms open. The next thing to open will be the exhibition upstairs. And then eventually we will get this room open as well. At the moment, the honeysuckle bedroom is not mm -hmm. open. But we had a big conservation project last year. Um, some amazing um, aesthetic rush work on the stairs. So we had a huge project to get that conserved. And um, until we get the protection in situ, we can't open this room. Mm -hmm. um, so once we've got that protection in situ sorted, we're hitting quite a lot of technical issues with that. Mm -hmm. We thought oh, that could be a nice, easy thing. Just get some, you know, some acetate put in front of it. No, it's not quite as simple as that. <laughs> So it's turning into quite a technically difficult project. Mm. But once we've got that overcome and we can get the protection in situ in place, mm. then we'll be able to reopen this bedroom. Yeah. So do come and visit. There's the house, the gallery, the beautiful arts and crafts gardens as well that you yes. can have a wander and of around. Course, the wonderful thing about Whitwick's garden is it is such a wonderful spring and early summer garden. Mm. So if you do like arts and crafts gardens, do come and see it in the next couple of months because it's probably some of the best time to see it. Yeah. Because you know you've got at the moment with the blossoms just starting to come mm. out and the. Um, daffodils are out and then they, then mm. you get the bluebells and then you get the rhododendrons and the azaleas mm. and uh, it is such a beautiful spring garden mm. and I know Helen we've spoken about this before what's so wonderful and unique about Whitwick is it's, it's the layering like you yeah. said and also the fact that it's not really changed since it was first I know there's been some updates but generally it's kind of how it looked at the time yes yeah, so one of the Quite unique things about Whittick's collection because you can go to the Tate, you can go to Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery, you can go to Lady Lever and you can see wonderful pre-Raphaelite art. You can go to Standon and see lovely Morris interiors but this is one of the few places that you can actually go where you actually see them together mm -hmm. and you see as you say that layering of design the mm -hmm. carpets the wallpapers the textiles the curtains the metalware the ceramics you see all of that and the embroideries you see all that layering mm -hmm. and you don't tend to get to see that anywhere else all together mm -hmm. and you kind of see the particularly the art you kind of see it in the way that almost the artist envisioned it being seen Mm -hmm. rather than in that quite sterile gallery type space so yeah so it's a quite a, a, a unique experience mm. yeah and I have to say having worked at quite a few different National Trust places most of the house is open like what the things that you won't see are like offices or cupboards yeah. like there is so <laughs> much here to see and you get to see so many incredible rooms yeah and um, thank you so much Helen is there anything else you wanted to kind oh, of yes, add just quickly so coming go up, for it coming up <laughs> Um, so at the moment I'm working on reattributing two lithographs that we have. Mm 
-hmm. So they're very early Rossetti lithographs. Um, again, kind of the same period as the McDonald portfolio. So between the ages of 16 and 17, we think, when he drew them mm -hmm. and then had them created into this set of lithographs and um, they're playing cards. Mm -hmm. So it was actually, we've got them listed as being by Overbeck. And it was through my research for the uh, Rossetti exhibition that I actually realised that they're actually in Virginia Surtees catalogue resume oh, as wow. very early Rossettis. And uh, so we've been doing the due, due diligence research on that to mm. change the attribution. But also, quite unusual, because Rossetti is quite often accused of not being particularly aware of what was going on around him not particularly politically aware or aware of social problems and things like that these lithographs totally put paid to that mm -hmm. um so they're really linked to things that were going on literally at that time mm -hmm. and it looks like a couple of the playing cards on these two sets of lithographs are actually linked to the irish famine mm -hmm. that was going on at, oh, at, wow. at the time mm. um so kind of watch this space mm. and I'm hoping in the autumn so watch this space from kind of September onwards to be able to get them on display for the first wow. time ever get them reattributed mm. and get some interpretation around the symbolism in these cards which are wow. really fascinating mm. so yeah so watch this space oh that just sounds incredible yeah I definitely have to come back and see that and um, so yeah thank you so much Helen Bratt-Whiteham who is the senior house and collections manager here at Whittock I also want to say thank you so much to Elizabeth Taylor there's Elizabeth Taylor behind the camera he's been filming today and yet yeah, uh, thank you from me as well so I'm Hannah a freelance uh, curator and writer and I'm also leading the Preflight Society Instagram so come and say hello so yeah thank you so much Helen Pleasure. it's so lovely to be back at Whit you can see all the incredible artwork and things that are going on at the moment mm -hmm.